Good morning. I cannot say it um, loud enough. It is really good to see you. <laughs> For all your prayers, thank you. They worked. Um, surgery went well from what they told me. I don't know. I, they didn't let me see it while it was happening. For all the delays that had happened in this coming six months after it was supposed to, I told them that morning, I won't believe this is happening till I wake up afterwards. And it happened. So um, it's a, a time of rejoicing and now going through uh, all the stuff you go through to get back uh, to normal. So I am now Pastor Denny 2.0. And uh, that, that hip is learning that it's supposed to work again. And uh, mainly, I guess it's not learning it's supposed to work again. It's a brand new one. It's learning it has to work inside of this body. And it was rather disappointed, so I had to <coughs> encourage it a lot. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, it is just awesome to be with you and to see you and to be sitting back there listening uh, to worship uh, this morning. And let me just say a hearty, happy Father's Day to all the dads. And we do have um, a little gift for you as you leave. It's handheld. It's called candy. And um, <clears throat> because we're all about health and wellness, emotional wellness uh, kind of a thing. So dads, as you leave, whether you're going out that way or that way, there are some baskets there. Grab Grab some um, and uh, go. And just like I told the moms when they got some on Mother's Day, that's your candy. I don't care how many hands do this to you, how many pouty lips or pleases you might get from little ones or bigger ones. Uh, that's yours. Now, if you choose to hand it off because you're just that kind of a guy, God bless you. I'm eating mine. Um, but uh, we just want to thank you and just remind you of what an important job you have. And I know that Father's Day, just like Mother's Day, can be difficult sometimes uh, for some. And uh, for some of you, it's a first Father's Day without your dad here on earth. For some, it's a second. For some of us, it's a fourth. For some of you, it's a 40th. And they don't get easier, but the memories do get sweeter. And so we just want you to know we love you. We're praying for you and so excited to be able to gather and worship with you. Uh, if you have your Bibles or your Bible and your devices, we're going to look at two verses. They're both in the uh, Old Testament. They're in Jeremiah chapter 32, uh, verses 26 and 27. Um, in thinking through this, and this was uh, kind of a difficult thing because uh, all along I'd been told I'd be out longer and I kept saying that everything's a negotiation <laughs> and uh, I won. Uh, but, uh, you know, it was like, well, will I be able to or won't I? And not knowing for a while. So there was a, a contingency plan B that consisted of this. This was plan A and plan B in my mind. 
But in just thinking through everything that we've gone through as a country, as a world, watching things on the news or trying not to hear it on the news at times, things going on in individual lives and in our communities, in our own families, our own health, many good things, many difficult things. And one of the things I just kept coming back to was the phrase, I am your God. I'm your God. In fact, six months ago, when I was in originally for this surgery and the heart decided to do its own thing and call a little attention to itself, and they made me hang around for a few days, and as I was reading my Bible, a verse out of Exodus uh, just jumped out at me where the verse says, I am the Lord, your healer. Now, I said, Lord, that'd be awesome. Let me just <laughs> get up out of here uh, right now. It didn't happen that way, and yet he is still my healer. He is now, and he was right before I went in for this surgery. Because healing comes in many ways. And one of the greatest things to understand about God is who God is. Who he is to you, who he is to us. And this morning, I want to make sure that when you leave here this morning, if nothing else, all the great music, and thank you, Hannah, the men, the words in many of those songs, scripture that's already been read, but if nothing else, I want you to remember this. God is enough. For whatever you're facing, God is enough. In fact, I want you to say that with me. Let's just say that together. God is enough. I think for some of you, that needs to become a mantra. You need to write that on a card and stick it in some places where you can see it, the rear view mirror. In your, well, maybe not the rear view mirror because you should be using that to drive, but the bathroom mirror or some other places um, so that it just keeps coming back at you. Put those reminders in some places. And some of you already know somebody right now that the Lord has told you you need to share this with. God is enough. So if God is enough, why do we keep trying to do God's job? God is enough. Newsflash, we're not. <laughs> but he is. One of the lessons I'm trying to learn from this surgery, I kept hearing this phrase, I mean, from the moment I woke up and to the first time that I was supposed to stand up and the first steps and the first um, going up steps and down steps and doing this exercise and that exercise and all kinds of stuff, was they keep saying these little phrases to me. Trust your hip. Your hip is now good. You can lean on it. You can depend on it. I thought, that'll preach. Not about our hips, but about God. Because God is enough. Because he is enough. Because he is who he is. 
You can depend on him. You can lean on him. He is good. In fact, you can put your whole weight on him. And so as I go through these exercises and I, I mutter about them, but remind myself that things are getting better. And I keep remembering, your hip is good. You can trust it. Lean on it. Put your whole weight on it. And it's easier for me now because I'm also hearing, when they say that, I'm hearing, God is good. You can trust him. You can lean on him. You can put all your stuff on him because he is enough. I'm still going to preach, but that's the message right there. So if you have your Bible or your devices with the Bible on it, let me read these two verses for you. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 36 and, or 26 and 27. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Behold, I am the Lord. The God of all flesh is anything too hard for me? Is anything too hard for me? God is enough. And it's interesting that this comes, this is the Lord speaking to Jeremiah. And 10 verses earlier in verse 17, Jeremiah spoke almost the exact same words about God. In verse 17, he said, It is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you because God is enough. Now, I want you to notice too, it's interesting to me, Jeremiah was saying it, acknowledging it to others and to God, you know, you are, you know, strong enough, etc. And when God spoke to Jeremiah to remind him of what Jeremiah had already declared and God had promised and the truth of who God is, God wanted to make sure Jeremiah was listening. Because the first word in verse 27 is behold. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't use the word behold a lot. It's just not a normal phrase for me. It's not my shock word. <gasps> behold. Jody got tired of me trying to say that whenever I did speak to her. Behold, I have words of knowledge for you. So I stopped doing that. I just don't use that word a lot. In fact, I studied this up a little bit, just going, that's an interesting word. And why use it here? So what I discovered is that the word behold is what you might expect. It's meant to call attention to what is about to follow. So look at this, verse 27, behold, and what follows is, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh is anything too hard for me. But it's even more emphatic when the word behold 
is used by God himself. God is saying in Jeremiah, and now all of us, pay attention. This is God, your father, your healer, the God who is enough no matter what you're facing. I'm telling you this. Listen up. Behold, God is enough. So if God is enough, I should live well. So how do I do that? How do I live well? Because God is enough. In the next few minutes, let me just share these brief thoughts with you. Number one, we live well because God is enough when we recognize who God is. Now, it is, uh, it's been interesting, you know, being here 19 months or something like that now, 19 or 20 months, somewhere in there, and we moved here in the middle of the pandemic. We thought it was the end of the pandemic, and lo and behold, it wasn't. And we moved here, and for some of you, for the first six or eight months, I never saw anything except from here up. And so for the first time when you came without a mask, some of you, I didn't recognize you. I'm introducing, hey, you're visiting. Nice to have you here. I'm Pastor Denny. And you're going, no, I'm so-and-so. I go, oh, I didn't recognize you. I think sometimes we don't really recognize who God is. To recognize not just how awesome he is, but to recognize as we're saying this morning, God is enough. If we're going to believe that, if we're going to live it, if we're going to trust him, lean on him, depend on him, we got to recognize who he is. He is first and foremost, and the word that's translated Lord here in verse 27 is the word Jehovah. It's a word that's used often that means the eternal, self-existent creator of the universe who sent his son Jesus to provide for our salvation. The Lord. You know it's that word because quite often in the translations, I know in the the English Standard Version, I think in the New International Version, it'll be translated and it's all capitals. The word Lord is in all caps. Quite often that is because that is that word, which is the big word, for God, for the Lord, for who he is, Jehovah. He created everything. He's enough. Jehovah, he's still here, even though he's the one who created everything. He's enough. Jehovah, he's enough. He has helped others through. He'll help you through. During the great times, in the not-so-great times. But we need to recognize also not just the majesty and the awe and the mightiness of who God is, but that he is personal. It's one thing to be awesome. It's another thing to be personal. He is a personal God, not a far-off God. Not a you-can-only-read-about-him God. He is a personal God who desires a personal relationship with you. He's a God who knows you. Now, (laughs) that can be really scary because you realize, uh uh-oh, he knows me. 
but he loves us anyway. He is Jehovah God, all existent, all creator, savior, and he's personal. Secondly, if I'm going to live well because God is enough, I've got to realize what God can do. Not just who he is, but what can he do? It's one thing for somebody to introduce themselves to you and maybe even give a title for what they are, what position they hold. It's another thing to find out, so what can you do? To realize who God is, Jehovah, the self-existent, the eternal one, the personal one. Well, God can do everything. Verse 17, Jeremiah recognized it and declared it. Nothing is too hard for you. Verse 27, the Lord said, is anything too hard for me? There's some translation that says, is my arm too short? That simply means God's going, what, you don't think I can reach that? There's a commercial on on TV right now that's talking about sometimes we can't reach things and need help. And it It's got a guy trying to reach a shelf on, has to be at a Sam's Club or Costco or one of those. Can't quite reach it. And a girl comes over who's tall and grabs it off the shelf and hands it to him. And then she turns around to reach for something she can't quite reach. And an NBA player who's seven, four or so reaches up and grabs it for her (laughs) and hands it to her. You know, I thought that kind of fits. Wherever we are, God is enough for the stuff here and the stuff here and the stuff there and even beyond. Because God is enough. He can do everything that we need. He can do far more than we can ask or imagine. Ephesians 3.20, my life first for ministry. And many of you need to begin to believe this second part. He will do what is best for you. Oh, now there are circumstances that other people force upon us that are not good circumstances. That's not to say that. Both my grandfathers were farmers and farmers sometimes have some great sayings. Sometimes some not so great sayings too. But I mean, some of those that just kind of stick with you forever and one of my grandpas, I remember, you know, being in the field, you step in stuff that's been plopped on the ground. Um, and uh, you go, oh, man. And whatever you might call it, my grandpa's phrase was, it stinks no matter what you call it. There's just some stuff in our lives that stink. That's just not good stuff that's happened. Sometimes we've created it. Sometimes it's been forced upon us. But even in that, Romans 8.28 declares that God can and will bring good from it. Not that the situation is good, but that he is good and will work good for us through that situation. I've declared many times, there's a lot of stuff in my life I've gone through that I've learned valuable lessons from that I'd give anything to have not gone through that situation. But I wouldn't take anything for what I learned going through it. I just would like to have learned it a different way. (laughs) 
But God is enough in those situations and when things are going the way we think they should. But to live well because God is enough, this might be the hardest part for you. You need to release everything to God. Yeah, kind of like the first two, Pastor Denny. I'm not so hip on this one. Release everything to God. We got to hand it over. Now, the bigger issue is not to hand it over, (laughs) but to release control of it to God. We're not, we don't mind handing stuff off to God as long as we can still pull it back, right? That old phrase, with strings attached, there are a lot of stuff we give to God with strings attached or chains or cables or that because we don't want it to get too far away. I'm not sure what you're going to do with it, God. You might not do it right. Whoops, that's not what I mean. God is enough. We can trust him. We can lean on him. We can put our whole weight and the weight of everything we're dealing with on him. But to do that, you got to hand it over. You got to release control. There have been many times when I, after I had read this phrase from an old timer, who said, sometimes when I want to let go of stuff and hand it to God, I've been holding it for so long with such fear, I literally can't even open my hands. So my prayer then becomes, Lord, pry it out of my fingers. To hand it off, I want to, but I'm so afraid. I want to, but I've held this for so long. I want to, but it is so familiar, even though it's so wrong. To release control sometimes is to say, God, I want to let go of this. I want to give it to you. Just take it out of my hands. To release control with no strings attached. Some of us are more control freaks than others. But don't get smug. Every one of us is a control freak about us and our stuff. In other words, we know what we would prefer and that's what we want to have happen. God, you can do whatever you want as long as... So if he is enough, then I got to trust him like I'm having to trust this hip. To stand and put your whole weight on it, lean everything you have into him. And then here's the most fun part of this truth. If God is enough and he is, when we recognize him, when we realize what he can do, when we release our stuff to him, then we can rejoice because God is enough. We rejoice about a lot of stuff that doesn't matter much. It's not nothing wrong with, I, I cheer heartily for the best teams. They don't always win. But, I cheer mightily for my teams or my people. 
But to realize that God is enough is certainly worth rejoicing over. Because, I don't know if you've heard this yet, but God is enough. You can depend on him. You can lean on him. You can put the whole weight of whatever you're dealing with on him. You can trust him. Because God is enough. And because God is enough, because he has, he is, and he will continue to be enough, that is worthy of great praise. To rejoice in who he is when I recognize Jehovah, the self-existent, eternal creator, savior, personal God. When I realize what he can do, he can do everything and he will do what's best for me. Then it's a little easier to release control to him. And when we do, then it's time to rejoice. See, the last song that we sang on I Speak Jesus, I love that song. Because I can speak Jesus when we're rejoicing. I can speak Jesus when I'm crushed. I can speak Jesus about my situations and all oh, thank you. I can speak Jesus into your situations. That is worthy of great praise. It should have us rejoicing, not passively, but passionately. It should have us rejoicing even on Monday mornings or Wednesdays or Friday afternoons, who are at the gas pump. Again, remember, some things just stink. <laughs> and it's okay to acknowledge that, but God is still God and God is enough, no matter what those prices might be. So let me just ask, do you have an area or a relationship in your life that you need to start practicing what they keep telling me I need to practice with this hip? Where you need to just depend on him because he's good. You need to lean on him because he can handle your whole weight. The question now is, what will you do since you know God is enough. Let's pray together. Jesus, you are awesome. Oh, there's a lot of stuff going on right now in our world generally and in many of our lives personally that just stinks. There's some stuff going on that hurts. There's some stuff that by all accounts just doesn't seem fair. But Lord, you have reminded me over and over this week that I can trust you. 
that you are good. That I can lean on you. I can put my whole weight on you. So Lord, this morning with each person here, may it just ring in their soul this morning and throughout this week that you are enough. And may we begin to believe that so that we live it. And as we live it, may we pass that on. We've got some friends and family, some neighbors and co-workers who need to hear that God is enough. So Lord, this morning, I declare it. I rejoice in it. And Lord, I give you control so that I can live as I should live because you are enough. I declare this over this congregation and those listening online today. In Jesus' name, amen.